Welcome to the Home Class Movie Chat, the place to get into all things movies. We'll leave no genre untouched, from romance to horror, adventure to comedy, and everything in between. We'll cover the good, the great, the bad, and the can I please get the last two hours of my life back ones you really wish that you could forget. So grab your popcorn and soda, sit back, and relax. It's time for the Home Class Movie Chat with Cat and Paul. Welcome to the Home Class Movie Chat, a place where we talk about everything as far as good movies, bad movies, and everything in between. Here we are, episode two. Is that correct? You might want to introduce yourself. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm Paul. And I'm Kat. And we are part of the Home Class Class Movie Movie Chat. Chat. (laughs) Well, at least we had to have one fluff up today, but that was fine. So today is Plan 9 from Outer Space. Oh, it certainly is. I didn't think that we were actually going to do this one because it is such a bad movie. It is arguably the worst film ever made, and that's why it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it can't get... Well, as we've all said, it can't get much worse than this. Or worse, that's a, that's a really great English language speaking. You talk good. I do. I do t- talk good English. <laughs> that's some serious problems. But before we go any further... I'm sure their listeners would love to hear something that happened to you Monday last week at 6.30 p.m. Oh, well, no, they're not interested in they're that. They're interested? Okay, you're not interested then. That's fine. We'll just get straight into this, but I thought they'd be interested in that one. I became an Australian citizen just because it'll annoy you for him not to tell you. You see, I was going to say it anyway, if, even if she didn't, but I think that's actually really good. It is pretty cool. It just has nothing to do with movies. Yes, I know it doesn't have anything to do with movies, but we're supposed to be just talking, relaxing and just talking. This is what Home Class Movie Chat is. We just talk and talk and talk. About movies. About movies, but also about life in general. (laughs) But not so in-depth. But I just thought that would be really nice to actually start and hear from. It is a unique thing that I got to become an Australian citizen, and we're very excited about that. I'm very excited about that. Okay, so let's talk about Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is why everybody's here. Hey, Plan 9 from Outer Space. This movie has got to be one of the worst movies that I have ever heard of in my life. What do you mean one of? It's the... Well, the... Yeah, well, a lot of people would say this movie is bad or that movie is bad, but this is... This is pretty bad. So this movie was made in 1959 by Ed W. Wood. Is that how he said? Ed Ed Wood. Yeah, but he shortened it to Ed Wood. Um, Edward D. Wood. Thank you, Edward D. Wood. D. Wood. That's right, yeah. Um, For a grand total of $60,000, which, in equivalent to today, is now worth $542,296.91. It cost just over half a million dollars to make that movie. I know. Well, in $60,000 in 1959... What in God's name did they spend it on? I don't know. Well, they didn't spend it on sets, that's for sure. I was just going to say. And I think think the majority of the $60,000 would have gone to Bela Lugosi. Yeah, Because I don't think it would have gone to anyone else. I mean, Vampira, who happens to be in this movie, um, and Tor Johnson in this movie, I don't think those guys got a a huge enough royalty. I I think Bela was the one that got it. Yeah, probably a lot of it went to Bela, which, speaking of Bela Lugosi... You probably already know, because this is a widely known fact, that it is that Plan 9 from Outer Space is Bela Lugosi's final film. He became so iconic as Dracula and made so many amazing horror films as Dracula and then fell onto hard times. He became a morphine addict 
and eventually just by happenstance became friends with Ed Wood and Ed wanted to use him in this film well he actually filmed a whole bunch of like b-roll stuff that wasn't actually connected to any kind of project just to have Bella working yeah apparently he did this thing called um Glenn or Glenda yeah and Bella Lugosi's in that one as well I didn't think he was in that one. Yeah, yeah, very, very short amount of time, but he's actually in that one as well. But the same as I've said in episode one, I'm so sorry that Bela Lugosi had to have this last movie as his last movie because of all the movies that he made, I would have really hoped that he did a a decent movie that wasn't, you know, going to be this one. Yeah, but if you're going to do a bad movie, at least it becomes a cult classic that's awesome. And that's the whole thing. I can't understand why this thing has suddenly become a cult classic. I mean, it's just... Yeah, when I saw this movie, and you actually said to me, do you want to see a really bad movie? And I did see it. I've seen it maybe two or three times now. And the more that I see it, it's like, okay, I can understand why it's a cult classic. I've seen the colorized version and the non-colorized version. And um, I actually like the colorized version better simply because um, a lot of the the outfits and the sets, I mean, actually don't look too bad when it comes to um, colorized because I think a lot of it is actually lost in the the black and white version because you don't see a lot of what he was trying to shoot. And now they've colorized it, yeah, it's, it's a lot better. And you're right, he was the scientist in Glen or Glenda. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't for a, it wasn't for a huge amount no. of time. It, we, he wasn't the, the main star. But no. um, yeah, that was part of uh, that movie, Glen or Glenda, which I, yeah, I, I think that was... Which was all about Ed Wood getting to wear women's clothing. Yeah. And I think that was, uh, I mean, back in 1959, that would be very, very controversial. It was, well, not even that recently would still be controversial because it was about a man who actually wanted to have a sex change, I think. Yeah. So he didn't know which one yeah. to go with. But he, so, but in the meantime, he wore women's clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Because he wanted to live as a woman. Very, very strange. Well, not very strange. strange but, but, but for that time, For yeah. that time period, that was oh, extremely revolutionary. Definitely. All right, so let's get into this movie of uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Why is it so bad and why is it so awesome? Yeah, I can't understand either one of those. So, um, <laughs> okay, so we're going to start off with um, the opening of the movie starts with being told that as like all movies, oh. this is real, yes? Sorry, before before we get into it, we are going to go through the movie, so spoiler, spoiler alert. alert, if you haven't seen it, stop listening now, go watch the movie, then come back and finish listening to the podcast. And then we'll actually be able to sit here and you'll be able to sit there and go, oh, I remember, oh, that, I part. remember that part. I remember that part of the movie. Or if you just want to listen to us now and then if you get interested in this movie, you go, oh, I that's actually, what they were talking about. I wouldn't mind going to see that one. So yeah. you go and see it. It is on um, YouTube. Yes. You can actually stream it on YouTube for free. Um, so you don't have to go and buy it for an ex- inflated amount of money. Yep. Um, sorry, so we're going to start off with, um, yeah, once again, we're being told that all of this stuff is, is real. real and it, true. It is real and true. It really happened. <laughs> um, this actually, the, the opening guy was actually um, a medium that actually um, Edward found. Yes. He was actually a... Um, he was a bit of a celebrity in his yeah, own right was, back in the day. Yeah, he was a TV celebrity yeah. and, and, a, and a, a medium. So yeah. Edward saw him and went, oh, here's an idea. I'll put you in the starts to make everyone believe that this is really real. real. So then we go from that to some uh, grave robbers, apparently, which make no sense. They're actually grave diggers. Yes. So they're not actually doing anything. So why would you call them grave robbers? Well, that's the whole thing, because they actually said that they were they were grave robbers. In the movie, they said they were not grave diggers, they were grave robbers. Oh. And, but yet they were digging the holes oh, for, for, the the, for, the, for the graves. Yeah. So, 
Right, fair enough. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Just just uh, the beginning of the continuity errors in this movie. Yeah. Um, so then we we go, we go to the opening scene, which is uh, we see people at a funeral. Now you're not planning to go scene by scene, are you? We're not trying to go scene by scene. I'm trying to set the scene. <laughs> okay, set the okay, scene. Okay, so there's people at a, at a funeral, and they're all at the graveside of someone. We don't we don't know who. Oh, it's it is. the old man's wife. Yeah, but we're not told oh. that right now. Okay. Sorry. Because then we're all standing at the scene of, of a, and there's no talking. You know, he's just Bella Lugosi sitting there, very upset, whatever, about apparently the loss of his wife. And then we've now got a cut scene. The cut scene is now a passenger plane where pilots are flying in a plane. Okay? Because we're not told what's going on. Oh, I thought we finished the funeral before that. No, oh. no. The funeral is continuing and we're off to a cut scene already. Oh, they cut back to the funeral. We go back to the oh. funeral in a moment. But of course, we're sitting there and there is a um, apparently a UFO that buzzes the plane. Now, there is actually a bit of a, bit of a um, an Easter egg, I guess what you could say. Yeah. Um, one of the pilots has the script sitting on his on his lap. Actually, that is my favorite part of that scene is the fact that they're supposed to be in the cockpit of an airplane and it is like they're sitting there with basically music stands in front of them. Sit- and sitting on just regular chairs. chairs. They're not anything to do with pilots. And, and you, there's no buttons, no There's no lights, buttons, no, no nothing. nothing. No, no headphones, no, no nothing. You're just, they're yeah. just sitting there. One pilot looks like he's bored out of his brain. Which he is. And that obviously he's just been caught in on a day off from work. Yeah. Um, the other pilot has the script sitting on his lap so he can actually see what's going on. And when the UFO apparently buzzes past them, you can actually see the boom mic sitting in the corner. <laughs> Which, I missed that. Yeah, which is really cool. But it's 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 there, so okay, fair enough. And and as Edward would say, that's okay, we'll take care of it in editing. Yeah, we'll do it in post, but that never happens. But of course, <laughs> um, when the UFO is buzzed and they go, oh my goodness, they look out the side of the, of the plane, there is a UFO hanging on a string, no less. Yeah, you see the string too. Yeah, it's just sitting there and I'm like, okay. Then of course, for some reason, the UFO decides that it's going to land in a cemetery. Don't know why. <laughs> But it just lands in a cemetery. Well, why not? Well, there's. Well, you'd think there wouldn't be so many people around. Yeah. Well, this is this is it. So it's landed. That's actually pretty smart. Well, yeah. Okay, but it's landed in the cemetery, in the middle of, of course, the funeral. The funeral. So then, from there, we go to the grave diggers, who can see only be see. Well, it only can be described as um, a vampire zombie. That is apparently it's played by vampire, but it's apparently. Um, the uh, old man's wife. Now, we know, we're never introduced to the old man as far as this is Fred or this is Sam or this is John. This is the old man. So that's why we've got to continue saying this is the old man. Yep. That's, that's all we're introduced to. Um, so then, back to the gravediggers. They're standing there and they look over to where um, this vampire zombie is and, of course, the camera zooms in on her face to screams. Then the, ca- the camera cuts black. We're all done. For some reason, then we actually, we're sped over to a house where we're told that the grief of the man, the the old man losing his wife, um, of course, is is something that he can't bear. So he decides... Which is understandable. Oh, that, that, that is. But, of course, then on learning of the man's grief, uh, we're told that he leaves the, the home for good. <laughs> he leaves the home for good. And of course. No, this Poor is grief stricken old man. This is really interesting because he, he, we were told he will never return, and followed by a car screeching and a scream, and we follow an ambulance. Don't forget the thud. No, no, we need. No, I thought we heard the thud. There was no, oh, okay. there was no thud, and then apparently we're we're being followed. Uh, and there's an ambulance, and we follow an ambulance, and we we learn that the old man died. 
Yeah. That was really interesting. For some reason, he died. Okay, he was hit by a car, but... Well, no. it's, 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 it's pretty intuitive that, you know, he walked into the street, grief-stricken, got... wasn't paying attention, he got ran over. And he got killed. Okay. And you're laughing at the poor old man that got killed. <laughs> you, you're, you're so I'm, going to hell. I, I'm, I, I'm going to hell in a handbasket, really I swear. You're going to hell. It, it is, it's, going to be, it's going to be awesome when I get there. <laughs> okay, so then, um, of course... I wish, I wish you could hear the face palm and the eye roll right now. Oh, my God. Well, of course, again, for some reason, we're now at a funeral. We're at his, his funeral. funeral. But the mourners are all coming out of a crypt. Okay. So apparently it's all it's big enough to cut everyone to walk out of a crypt. Okay, so she gets buried, but rather than being buried next to her, he's put in the crypt? Yeah. So she's buried in a grave. Cheap-ass bastard. Yeah. <laughs> she's buried in a grave. Put the old lady in the grave. He yeah. gets the mausoleum in the crypt. Cheap-ass bastard. I know, I tell you. But that's going to come back as far as why we, oh, okay. we've got that one. Um but it, okay, but then we learn the dead vampire woman, which is you know apparently his wife, is now watching in the who corner. is also significantly younger than him. Oh hell yeah, Vampira would have been in her what late thirties maybe? Not probably not even. Not maybe, even. Maybe late twenties. And he's in his what early seventies? Yeah. Wow. So that yeah. So there you go. I didn't know that one. Yeah. So he was really yeah. Well, hey, what a swinging time that was. <laughs> So apparently, as all the uh, mourners are all coming out of the the uh, mausoleum, uh, the scene. Okay, now this is something that we've got to establish very, very quickly, is that the movie goes from day to night extremely quickly. So scenes that you see with a car driving up in daytime pulls up in nighttime. Yeah, as soon as they get out, it's nighttime. It's nighttime. Then yeah. when it goes back to them talking, it's daytime, it's daytime again. again. Then it goes back to yeah. There's literally no continuity of time of day in and this movie. And the thing is that I find interesting is that you can you can see Edward sitting there in the editing room because he, he written he wrote directed and edited this movie. You can see him sitting there going, well, hang on a minute. They're not going to actually notice that this scene was day, daytime and this scene was nighttime. So that's okay. We'll just we just won't worry about it. Yeah, we will worry. About it because you can see it it's it's so it's so, it's so obvious okay so the scene's dark this scene is dark the vampire zombie woman I'm, this is what I'm going to call her is watching in the corner and one of the one of the mourners tells the other we better get going it's getting dark it's already dark yeah how can it get any darker I mean there is there is is there levels of darkness there is dark and then there is dark that's as far as it goes but apparently fair enough you know, we're going to go. But, of course, when we're leaving the cemetery, now there's another thing that I can't work out. For $60,000, you think that Edward would maybe get some decent-looking headstones that don't look like they're going to fall over? Oh, hey, Edward was in the movie, too. Oh, was he? Yeah. I didn't even know that he was. Oh, yeah. okay. I'll he was have... uncredited. Oh, look, I'll have to go And back. I can't find Vampyra in here, so I can't there's... tell you how... Oh, there she is. Where? Vampire Girl is Vampyra. But, yeah, that's what they call her, but I, I was... Yeah, I never... Oh, okay, here, here you go. So... Uh, Bella Lugosi was born in 1882, and Vampira was born in 1922. Hello. So there was, I can't do yeah, the math. I can't do the math, but there was a so 20 at least 40 years difference. Yeah, there. so that's yeah. Hey, what a swinging time it was back in 1959. Yeah, 30, 30, 30 something to 40 years difference there. Yeah. Yeah, but then again, I know of a person that you know she's in her uh, early 40s and her husband's 74. So. Yeah. You know, it, it, it I guess it works, you know. It doesn't raise as many eyebrows unless it was the other way around. Yeah, but then again, you look at it and you go, oh, granddad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway, as we're, as we're leaving the cemetery, we have to be careful 
not to hit the headstones because the headstones fall over. over. <laughs> there was a scene where one of the headstones actually wasn't, it was like a, no, it wasn't a headstone. It was a, a cross. cross. And as one of the people walked past, he knocks it over and it falls over like tissue paper. They're styrofoam. Yeah. It, made out of it looks absolutely terrible, but you know, terrible, well, terrible. I'm telling you, I've got some good English. You English. can't talk today. No, What's I can't. Wrong with and, you? and I'm not Did drinking. Did you not have coffee this morning? I had coffee, but I'm not drinking. People, I'm actually just Maybe having coke. Be. I should actually be drinking. Yeah, I should actually be drinking. I think. <laughs> um, okay, one of the mourners sees the two dead supposed grave diggers. Oh my God! Yeah. This is. You can tell about this one. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I've never seen this one like this. Well, basically, they just had you know like crash test dummies dressed up and painted their faces green and stuck them on the ground trying to make them look scary. Yeah, and, and you can see it's it. like they were scared to death. You can see it. It's, it they're is, stuffed. Yeah, it is. They're, they're petrified. They're, but they are. They're, they're mannequin dummies. This that Edward went, yeah, we'll just use them. They couldn't even use the real people. Yeah. You think, well, obviously those guys only got paid for, oh, what, One two day. scenes? Yeah. And that was it. And they couldn't do a third scene. But apparently that was the way it went. They were so. running over, over schedule and figured, oh, we'll just use the dummies and that way we won't have to pay the guys. Oh, that was that's that is shocking, really. Yeah, well. But of course, like what, I said, I don't know what he spent his money on for sixty thousand yeah. dollars, which equivalents to five hundred and forty-two thousand. I don't understand it either. Nope. Once again, what do we get? We get a cut scene. This one is the police being called to the scene of the crime. Oh yeah. They leave in the dark from the um, police station and arrive in the light, and we see them driving in the daytime. Yep. And of course, then they arrive in the at, night. The, at the night time again. So it's like the continuity of the daytime plus the nighttime is, oh my Hilarious. God. Hilarious. Okay. So, of course, what happens? Officer gets out of the car, decides to look for clues. They cut to the pilot. And I love how they're like, be careful out there. It's really dark. Oh, I get a flashlight out flash of the car. <laughs> <laughs> the script on this is just. And, of course, this is this is Tor Johnson. And Tor Johnson's a big, he, is a, he used to be a professional wrestler. Yeah, he was a, a, a wrestling star of the day. He was like the stone-called Steve Austin of the day. Yeah, and, of course, when they said, oh, you know, um, be careful out there, he goes, oh, I'm a big boy, Johnny. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And then, of course, he went and got a flashlight, which took way too long to find the flashlight in the car. But anyway, he got it. That's fine. And of course, another cutscene. We never actually, it never actually follows through to conclusion on this. Is this the one to the pilot and his wife? This is the pilot and his wife sitting on the back porch and a conversation about the UFO he saw and being told not to talk about it and he to the authorities. And he was really upset yeah. about that fact. Like, oh, I, I can't talk about this, but I saw it. So he tell he tells his wife everything that happened, but he can't talk about it. That makes you know, okay. Yeah, well, he was under orders not to tell anyone. Of course. So then, of course, being frustrated, all of a sudden, right on cue, here comes the UFO. Here comes the UFO. <laughs> the UFO flies over the cemetery where the police are, and of course, really bad fake falling down of the police officers. And apparently, they live near the cemetery because they saw it too. Yeah, because they only live the 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 the, aunt, the question was, I wonder what's going. It was the ambulances and the police were flying, were driving past the house, and his wife goes, "Well, that was that's the third police car that's gone past this, this uh, you know, today," and he goes, um. Yeah, something's really going on over at the cemetery. So they must be a stone throw away from it because as the UFO flies over, it knocks him and his wife out of the chair. And of course, when it arrives at the cemetery, it knocks, everybody else it knocks down. everyone else down. Very, very bad. Not sure why. Oh, God. Okay. Well, Apparently, well, there's like a force field around it or something. Of course, you know, <laughs> one of the morgue drivers, as he falls down, by just brushing against it. Yeah. The headstone falls down. Yep. So the headstone's down. Okay, that's fine. Um, apparently, the UFO takes off and lands indiscriminately in the cemetery. So now, 
it's back to the it's it's flying back to the cemetery. <laughs> the, uh, of course, the inspector sees the crypt with the old man open. <gasps> I know now because Bella Lugosi died before the the completion of this movie. His scenes had already been filmed when he'd passed away. They were still in production of this movie. Yeah, I believe his final scene was the one where he got killed. Yeah, when he walked away from yeah. the house. So then the rest Which, of it... Which, by the way, was Bella Lugosi's actual house. Yes, it was. There's a guy on the internet, and you can actually search for this yourself on YouTube, that actually uh, takes you around where this movie was shot and actually stands in front of Bella Lugosi's house. Yeah. So it actually, it, it actually well, is a real house. Well, that's fine, but for our purposes, we just want them to know that that scene was actually Bella Lugosi's house. Yes, it was. <laughs> so apparently... Start promoting other people's shows. I am not promoting other people's shows. <laughs> I am merely saying that that's where it was. For the love of everything the holy. See, if you want to see the inside of the house, go on YouTube. So as I said, with the fact that the um, Bella Lugosi is, is dead... The actor that took his place now holds a cape up to his uh, up to his face. So all you see is the ch- his two eyes, everything from his nose down. You don't see because he's got to disguise himself as Bella Lugosi now. So Bella- basically, you're saying he looks like a three year old pretending to be a vampire. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, that what I find interesting is that he, um, the old man, suddenly grows taller. Yeah. Because this guy is considerably taller than Bella Lugosi. Yeah. He's also got very dark hair where Bella Lugosi had salt gray. and pepper sort of grey yeah. hair. So there was no continuity as far as that goes either. Well, why should they start now? No, they haven't done anything up to this point. So yeah, <laughs> what the hell? Not, not worry about that one. We'll take care of it in post. Um, of course, the inspector, you know, the guy that says, don't worry about it, Johnny, I'm a big man. Um, he gets attacked by the Tour old... Tor Johnson. Tor Johnson, yep. Um, but they... they Credit him as the inspector. Yes. Um, no names in this movie. It's just inspector, old man, wife. That's it. Oh, who um, needs names? I know. That's that's true. Um, of course, he gets attacked by the old man and the zombie wife. Okay. And now the inspector is dead. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I know. Um, With no idea how he died. No no idea how he died. Now, suddenly, now, how long does it usually take you? Let's, let's, let's be realistic. How long would it take a funeral to happen? Um, usually within a week or ten days. Okay, this takes place within the the first seven minutes of him dying. They managed to get the grave dug. They managed to get his wife to the to the grave site. They managed to get three police officers and now the chief inspector there as well, um, and a priest. All to the grave site. Impressive. Now that's pretty that's pretty good when you've got you know maybe a week to ten days of people dying. Uh, coroner and all that sort of stuff. This was done within the first seven minutes. Okay. That was very impressive. I was actually really actually interested on that one. Like, Should they just skip over that extra time? No, no, because he actually went from being attacked and then, of course, he's dead and a quick night funeral. It doesn't happen in the daytime. It was almost like they decided, quick, we've got to bury him now because he might turn into a vampire. <laughs> Which makes no sense, but hey, because yeah. I don't even know that he was is attacked. anything in this movie there actually nothing, makes sense? As I said to, to everyone... This movie makes no sense. It is one of the worst movies ever, and we happen to be watching this. Good Lord yeah. Almighty. Well, we did warn you that we'd cover movies of Can I Please Have That Time of My Life Back? Yeah. Now, apparently, now we get another cutscene, and now there are three UFOs seen flying over Hollywood um, with newspaper reports, and of course, the army is called in to shoot them down. Now, As they usually are. Now, this scene takes forever. Because oh, yeah. this scene goes through, it goes through the setting up of the rockets. Now, apparently, the 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 UFO specialist, the army sergeant, 
brings the guys in with the rockets and everything and starts to basically say, yep, we should actually start firing at these UFOs. Even direct hits into the UFOs don't knock them down. Oh, yeah, you see it actually hit the thing and nothing happens. And, of course, it's, it's um, obviously, it's army stock footage. Well, they that, can't... Mu- that must be the, the force field that kills everybody when they, f- knocks everybody down when they fly Yeah, it must be them. an Independence Day sort of situation. Yeah. They had, they had force, force fields. fields back then. Because the UFOs, the three UFOs that are hovering there are getting direct hits. Nothing goes down. We should review Independence Day. Well, we'll, we'll review Independence Day. Well, yeah, the remake. Uh, sorry, the re- part Both two. Number one, number two. Yeah. But so these sources don't explode. And, of course, they have stock footage of... I'd say probably uh, nine, oh, Second World War. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the rockets firing into the uh, into the sky, but yeah, this well, takes. Ed Wood served in World War Two. Yeah, and this this would this scene would take about five minutes. Well, I at think least five uh, well, minutes. I think a lot of it is, is Ed had a guy who worked at one of the studios, and he was one of the film editors, and he had a whole bunch of canned footage that's you know stock footage that's used as filler in different movies and there was a bunch of it that they weren't going to use and they were going to throw out so ed took it and that's where a lot of this comes from now i did write down this and i really need to to read this because it gives you an idea of exactly what plan nine is okay so now apparently we go to the ufo mothership uh, because the UFO needs regeneration, which is repairs. Now, even though the UFO's got direct hits, apparently they need repairs. That's fine. So the Plan 9 is put into effect. The res- what's the Plan 9? Plan 9 is the resurrection of the dead because Earth people refuse to acknowledge the existence of UFOs. Now, I'm sorry, can you say that again? Plan 9 is put into effect because, uh, for the resurrection of the dead because Earth people refuse to acknowledge the existence of UFOs. So between so they've done eight plans in a row and none of them have worked. So they've decided, okay, plan nine is we are going to resurrect the dead because you guys refuse to acknowledge that we actually exist. Now, as far as I'm concerned, huh? What? What? That makes no sense. No, but Why? it sounds like they're related to my ex-husband. <laughs> Well, if we were if we were um, resurrect if we were doing like a demonic movie, it'd be part of my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, apparently um, that's because the UFOs are uh, no one's acknowledging the existence. They're going to start raising the dead. So they've raised the old man, and they've raised his wife, and now they're going back to, of course, they're going to fly back to where, you know, the um, cemetery is to raise the inspector. Now, this is never explained why they're raising the dead. Why Plan 9 is enacted at all. Why the guy decides that, yes, this is a great plan of action. Instead of landing on, say, the front steps of the you White House. the lead alien. Yeah, because they, yeah. the, um, they do this really weird thing. When they walk into a room, they cross their, their arms and hit the, their chest. That's a salute. It's, I know it's a salute, but it's so weird. But well, whatever, aliens. it's an alien salute, whatever. But the thing is that if you're going to... Why raise the dead where you could actually land on the front steps of the White House and go see the president? Because they were filming in California and couldn't afford a trip to the... Yeah, I was going to say, they, could, yeah, they, they, could, they couldn't go to, to, to California. And there were no sets available that were of Washington, D.C. Yeah, so I was like, no, nah, forget about it. I'm not going to go there. We'll just make sure that we just land and raise the dead. If you hear this clicking in the background, that's our dog Oliver walking into frame, or walking into the set. Hello, Bubba. And, of course, we actually acknowledge the dog here as well. So well, he's a, well, it's his home class movie chat, too. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, so apparently now we have a quick uh, cut scene. Uh, we're heading back 
to over to the the pilot and his wife. Um, and of course, we see that the very bored, bored pilot is deciding to go and fly the plane again. So we've gone from him being home to now he's in the in the air flying the plane. I think I might have fallen asleep at okay. this point. But he is really, really bored. And of course, his co-pilot is sitting there once again, script on the on his lap. The stewardess comes in, and they just talk about everything and nothing except. The co-pilot makes a what I would consider to be a very um, inappropriate sort of like to the stewardess because oh. because he says, "How about we we boil it up in um, Albuquerque, right?" Now she first says, uh, "I'm staying away from you." When he says, "Come on, let's boil it up in Albuquerque," she goes, "Yeah, okay, no worries." Okay, so makes no sense. It makes no it's sense. It's nothing to the to the story whatsoever. No, but you know, it's, it, you got to have gratuitous sex in any movie, I suppose. But I think in those, I think in 1959, that referred more like let's go out and go dancing. Well, you'd want to hope so, but he couldn't he have said just dancing rather than ball it up? Because my first thought um, would be, yeah, hello, yes, no, the, the, the ball, waka waka waka. This is family friendly. Keep it. I know it's. Friendly. I know it's family friendly. That's why I went ball waka waka waka. <laughs> And you it, sound like Fuzzy Bear. I could, yeah. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This podcast is falling completely off the rails. Yes, it is. Okay, come on. Sorry. Okay, so apparently... How many pages more do we have to go? Um, we've got a lot of pages, guys. Okay, we got to uh, skip through some of we, this. We are, We're already 28 minutes in. And they're enjoying every minute of it, and that's fine. So, uh, it's nice that you think that. I, I, <laughs> I think it is, and this will be a solo show pretty soon. But let's not go scene by scene. Honey. I'm not being. A, I'm not doing a scene by scene. We're going back to the cemetery. Oh, okay, just so you know, if it feels like this is going on forever, this is what it feels like to watch the movie. Yeah, so this is why I'm trying to actually just say it on the podcast. That way you can hear it, not worry about watching it. Yeah, trust me, you don't, you will never get that time back. So apparently, we're back to the cemetery at daytime. The old man looks like he's walking around as Dracula, <laughs> and then for some reason he he leaves. Goes to the pilot's home, and it's instantly nighttime again. Now, the reason that he goes to the the woman's home or the pilot's home, he's now flying. She's in bed. Um, no reason why. Don't know why we're going to the pilot's home, but apparently he enters the bedroom to attack the pilot's wife, and now she runs through, of course, the graveyard. So you get so she's in a negligee. She gets out of bed, runs through the graveyard, trips over several in things in a negligee. Okay. Um, she trips over fresh air. She trips over styrofoam gravestones. She trips over just dirt, apparently, which all works. That's fine. Um, but she runs around the graveyard, and of course, the old man arrives in the graveyard to chase her. Stay time again. Yeah, this is why everyone, I sit there and I go, huh, really? Yes, someday maybe we'll do a continuity count. Yeah. And now, apparently, some some music plays over and over again, sort of like a ch- chase music. And, of course, we see that the inspector has come back to life, comes out of his grave. Really? Yeah. And apparently more there's more running around for the pilot's wife, for some reason. She knocks over a headstone this time, runs towards um, a road, which is now, of course, it's daytime again, picked up by some guy driving along the road, and suddenly it's back to nighttime again as he drives away. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just like, okie dokie. The movie, I've got to say to everyone, just, just say... The daytime and nighttime goes so quickly in this movie. I mean, it just it's it's incredible how quickly it goes because you've got cars driving, you know, on the road. You can see, and I, I don't know whether he just lowered the intensity of the of the the print. So because it's daytime, he wants to make it look like like it's dusk or going into nighttime. So is there a way that you can actually reduce the the filter in in a 
like in a camera to make it look darker possibly i'm not a, a film person i'm a live theater person myself but the one thing i do remember is if you've seen the movie ed wood with johnny depp it's a biopic about the creation of this particular film and it's actually quite well done um johnny depp's a little over the top but other than that it's a really good movie and they actually address the particular night and day continuity errors in that film and yeah. because and, and basically ed wood filmed when and where he could when he had a chance to and they were doing the thing in the um the graveyard and somebody said well it, aren't people going to notice that it was daylight now it's nighttime and he's like yeah don't worry about it nobody will notice yeah he actually said See, that and that's that's it's my way of, look maybe i've grown up in it i mean of course we've grown up in a different era where we actually appreciate cinematography we appreciate cgi we appreciate a you know a director actually going here's an idea we can't put this on the ground then the next scene and not be on the ground well no you see but for for ed wood those were just minor details it was really all about the story for him it was all about what he was trying to tell god only knows what that was in this particular film well, <laughs> well, that, well that's just it because but, how, how can you possibly say this, this the story is if you don't acknowledge my existence i'm going to bring the dead back to life but for for him that was all that mattered was the actual story not the semantics of continuity once again listeners there is no continuity in this movie and there is no genuine message there really isn't because okay. or if you know what it is please put it in the comments yeah yeah please yeah if you watch this movie and you can actually see some sort of meaning, please email us on our email or message me through Instagram or Twitter or whatever, um, Facebook, and just let us know exactly. Okay, well, let's do a short commercial break here for email is hello at homeclassmoviechat.com. Yep, and we got our Facebook page, Home Class Movie Chat. We've got our Twitter at, um, movie, at chat movie Chat 3. three. And Instagram is at Home Class Movie Chat. Yes. Yeah, so basically any of those, send me an email or you know, comment in a comment section to let me know what you actually thought was the message because I can't see there is any. I really can't. All right. So back to the movie, which Please. is really terrifying. Yeah, let's... let's... Okay, I'm going to... Do you stop it? I'm going to get... I'm trying to go ahead of it. Yeah. So a poor... Uh, no, actually, <laughs> I, I actually have to read this one because this one's actually ridiculous, right? So the UFO leaves the cemetery... And, of course, now we've got three risen dead people. We've got the old man, the wife, and the inspector, right? Now, the police investigating this scene says... They go to the, they go to the graveyard because, you know, they heard that they see something's going on. And one of the officers says, there's his grave, but there's nobody in there. And he goes, are you sure? And he goes, well, I'm not really sure of whether it is or not. So the police goes, okay, well, you can see the, the grave's been broken out of. And we're told they can't go into the grave to see who was buried there without a warrant, right? Yet in the next moment, the other officer says, you know what, let's just go in there. Well, are we talking about... So, so, the, so there's a, there's a the grave... The mausoleum? Been, no, this or... is the grave from the inspector, Okay. Right? But the grave's been broken out of, right? But right. they don't know whether it's who it's been broken out of. Well, in theory, of. there should be something saying, this, here lies... Yeah, now, that's, there is no headstone. 
I mean, I, I realize it's early for the headstone, but there still should be something there that says this is this person's grave. Yeah. So they go, okay, well, we've got to get down there to find out whose grave it was. And the the lead inspector now, the lead chief, goes, ah, we can't go in there without um, getting a search warrant. Right. And then the guy goes, okay, so how do we get that? And it's like, well, I've got to get the the authority of either the wife or, you know, the, the courts. Right. And, and I, he goes, oh, okay, so, which, so should we go and do that? And he goes... Hmm. No, let's just do let's it. Let's just do it anyway. Okay, but here's a question for you. If the grave has been broken out of and the person's not in the grave, how's going into the grave going to tell them whose grave it is? Well... There's nobody in there. That is something that I'd very much like to know because I'm not really sure exactly how it was that that actually happened because there, there was no gravestone. There's no nameplate. There's no nothing. It's just a grave broken out of. And, of course, he goes, they go down there and one of the officers goes, oh, why am I the person who always checks with the dead people? How many dead people are you checking on? <laughs> do you do you want do you drive around the gravestone just to, the, the the cemetery just checking grave people? Because he goes, I'm the I, I'm always the one that gets the grave the, the, the dead people. Are you saying he's the red shirt? He's got to be the red shirt. Because <laughs> then he then he goes, oh, all right, I'll go into the grave. So he jumps into yeah. the grave and he goes, well, it's too dark to see. And he goes, well, what do you need? And he goes, I don't know, a flashlight would be good. And he goes, what about some matches? And he goes, yeah, that'll work. So the inspector throws some matches down. Does he blow himself up? No. He lights it up and he goes, oh, this is inspector such and such. That's all we're told. But how do we know that? There's nobody in the grave. Exactly. We don't know. He's gotten up in his clothes. There is no nameplate. There's no headstone. How do they know that this was... Anyway, so we, we cut to, of course, um, next scene. We're in in, in middle of... Two high-ranking um, army officials discussing UFOs. They learn, they leave nothing to the imagination as far as why they're doing this, what's going on, why they have to go and make contact, but they don't actually move the story forward. It basically is someone sitting in the in the in a room going on a phone going, uh-huh, yeah, right, okay. Then the guy walks in and he goes, right, so you're a UFO. Um, it's almost like. It's almost like a UFO field observer. That's right. Yeah. That's what he's called. A UFO field observer. Okay. And he goes, well, the UFOs are real, so you've got to go, and you've got to go to California, because that's where the UFOs are flying over. It's um, always California. Yeah, to investigate what's going on, because apparently people are getting blown off their feet as the UFOs with the exhaust fly over them. <laughs> really? <laughs> I can't believe he said that with a straight he face. Said, he said... Um, <laughs> Uh, the UFOs have been flying so low in San Fernando that the exhaust have not peeped to the ground and there have been saucer landings. San Fernando? Of San, San Fernando Valley. So he's being moved over to there to actually investigate the people being blown off their feet. Now, remember in one of the scenes, you've got the uh, pl the pilot and his wife sitting in their back garden. Yeah. UFO flies over near them and blows them off their seats. But what's interesting is they live in Los Angeles. I know, but he's being sent near San Fernando. But apparently they're they're landing in San Fernando. So the continuity of where they were to where they're supposed to go. Okay. So I was like, okay. Which they should know since Edward lived in Austin. Oh God. So we're once in there again, another cutscene, and now we're back to the mothership <laughs> to see the Excellency. That's the high-ranking okay. uh, alien. Be told that they have successfully risen three people from the dead. Why I do oh, not okay. know. Um, of course, that's kind of the catchphrase of this movie. Is why? Why I do, I do not know. know. So of course, they, the 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 um, the exalted one says, "Well, I'd like to see them." So bring them into the into the room. So the um, the the wife they they bring the wife and the inspector into the room. But of course, as they're coming in, they've got these guns that actually control as they're walking. So one of the as the um, inspector is walking towards 
the but they said they've raised three but they only bring two in yeah because okay. the old man's running around the graveyard looking like Dracula yeah. with his cat with yeah. his coat. No, I know that, but so, they told the guy they'd raised three, yeah. but they only so they bring two in. So as the inspector is walking towards this the the second high ranking um, alien, the woman he says, "Okay, that's close enough. Turn it off because there's a gun that actually controls them." And of course, so they're like remote controlled dead people. Yeah, yeah, remote controlled dead people with a gun. But she can't turn it off, and of course the uh, exalted one goes, "Well, throw it to the floor, or it may break the contact." So she throws it to the floor, and of course. Contact's done. He's okay. He's, he's fine now. He's just standing there. And, of course, the exalted one sits there and goes, Oh, my goodness, what a lovely specimen we've we've risen up. And, of course, it's... Is he talking about Vampira or Tor? Tor. <laughs> yeah. And I would have said Vampira because she's standing there looking yeah. looking fine and looking all. Looking Vampira. Yeah. And then he's sitting there. And, yeah. Whatever. I don't know. So he says, okay, we need to remove the large one and says that the third of the, the, the third one, the dead old man, must be sacrificed by sending him into a dwelling. A dwelling? Yeah. Now, I don't know whether it's into a house. house? I believe it, it's into the house because... It could in, be a cave. No, because apparently um, when they turn off the electro gun, it breaks contact with, obviously, with everyone. And the, the high exalted one says, okay... We do need to actually sacrifice the old man, so he needs to go into a dwelling. I'm thinking they're sending him into the, the pilot's, um, pilot's house again, for some reason. No, okay. no idea. Um, so the aliens arrive back in the cemetery. <laughs> I don't know why, because <laughs> they're taking them up into the motherships. Then they've landed back in the cemetery. Yeah, okay. This is this is the way that it goes. It's cemetery. It's all over the place. Who knows? It's Edward. Yeah, I don't. So, um, and of course. The reason is that they've been marched into the... They, they, sorry, that's right. They want to march them onto the capital um, because the Earth people won't acknowledge the aliens. So that was the whole idea. Raise them out okay. of the dead, fly them to the capital, okay. land, and march them into the capital so the Earthlings... The Washington, D.C. capital. Yeah. So the Earthlings acknowledge that there is existence of aliens. Yeah, why can't they go bother Russia or something? Why are they? Why are they marching dead people into the capital? And why is it always America? Why is it all the because you guys because you guys are the world police? Everything if anything's going to go to shit in a in a in a sandbox, it's going to be you guys. Oh well. But of course, instead of the aliens landing, walking out and going, "Hi, we're aliens. We've been you. Know, you got to acknowledge us." They go, "No, let's raise the dead and do it that way." Great. So we've got now aliens flying around the place and zombies, and zombies. as if we don't have enough problems in the world. <laughs> But, yeah, okay, that's fine. Okay. So, we, we, okay, that's fine. Um, and apparently the dead will make them accept the existence of aliens, apparently. Don't know why. So, the, of course, the UFO leaves the mothership heading to a daylight Earth. And, of course, the car arrives when it's instantly night. The car carrying <laughs> the army officer goes to the pilot's home to talk about what he saw the other night. Remember there was an alien that flew over his... They wanted to find out what's going on. No, that makes sense. Which is, which is fine. But then, of course, the saucer lands back in the graveyard. The UFO door opens and out steps the old man in a vampire <gasps> cape and poses. Oh, I know. Dun, it's, dun, it's, dun. It's, it's some pretty scary stuff in this movie. I tell you what. This will this will make you go weak in your pants. Ah, and, of course... That wasn't called for. Course, no, it's not. It's completely called for. It's completely fine. Uh, apparently... And, of course, he steps out... And starts walking around the graveyard. Why? Why are we walking around the graveyard again? Was he walking around the graveyard? He or was, was he doing the. He was stalking the graveyard. the graveyard with his cape up against his nose and walking along, look at his eyes, and it's not terrifying. He is the most unterrifying 
vampire I've ever seen in You're my life. You're more scary than that. Yeah, well, you are when you start yelling. Hey! Yeah. I know. Uh, so, of course, the other, the remaining, so, okay, so, picture this, right? So, the police officer has arrived back at the house. You've got, you've got the army official. You've got the two police officers. They leave one police officer in the car to talk about, so, he, he, guards, he guards the car. They go in to speak to the, uh, to the pilot and his wife, and, of course, out of the corner of his eye, he comes toward Johnson. Toward the guy guarding the car. Towards the guy guarding the car. Man, he must have been wearing a red shirt. He's got to be because, of course, the the zombie is the zombie is just walking along, doing not much at all. And of course, he is attacked and not really killed. More like just hit over the head, and he falls down. But as he falls down, you can see him put his arm out just to make sure that he doesn't hit the ground that hard. Well, you don't want to hit it on your nose. That would oh God. So anyway. <laughs> The, the alien and the, they, they decide that he has an idea. We need to go and now attack the wife again. The, 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 the pilot's, pilot's wife. wife. Right? So they attack the pilot's wife and they get toward Johnson to, again, knock out another police officer, pick her up out of the car and walk towards the alien spacecraft. The alien space people are sitting there watching because they want to see what's going on. The... Um, Police officer, so the the uh, the police officer, the army inspector, and the um, pilot all decide that no, nah, we've had enough of this. We are actually going to go and confront the aliens. So, in any situation, has any police officer at all ever said, "Do you know how to how to use a gun?" And here's a gun. That's how they that's how they did it. He said, "Okay," to the police to, to the pilot. Um, do you know how to fire a gun? He goes, "Um, yeah." And he goes, "Okay." There's a handgun. So he's got a gun. His other officer's got a gun. Now the pilot's got a gun. Of course, they go into the they go towards the alien spacecraft, which is pulsating green and making noise. And the door opens because the alien says, "Yes, open the door, let them in." So they walk in, and uh, so they're all basically doing the old, "Okay, now what's going on here?" And, and they're like, "Well, you don't acknowledge the our, our existence, so we've actually risen the dead from the grave." And he's like, "Okay, well, um, that's fine. Why? That was never explained." The alien basically says, well, we really mean you no harm. We're not actually here to hurt you. We're here just to make sure that you acknowledge. Well, then suddenly they hear screaming for some reason and Tor Johnson is now carrying the pilot's wife towards the spacecraft. And the grand exalted guy goes, here, look out the window and see what's going on. And he goes, hang on a minute, you're not going to hurt her. And he goes, no, 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 we're not going to hurt her. We're just going to bring her back to the spacecraft. For what reason? I don't really understand why. To compel him to believe in them. But then we are told that the human race is close to to um, uh, perfecting this thing called the Solonite Bomb. The Solonite Bomb is apparently where we can take pieces of the sun and harness it into a bomb. Okay. So it's like the neutrons that come from the sun. Apparently, our scientists are close to um, being able to perfect the solonite bomb. So, if the aliens now that now the aliens have gone from you must acknowledge our existence by raising the dead to now we need to destroy all life on Earth because you guys are getting close to to discovering the solonite bomb. Okay. This is why a lot of the OK is coming from us because this doesn't make any sense. Actually, it does a little bit if you consider the fact that we were in the middle of the Cold War at this point with Russia. 
Well, apparently in this one, the scientists won't understand its power until it's too late. So they need to just... So the aliens have said the solenoid can explode the particles of the sun. Yeah. So we can't harness that technology. Our scientists are getting close. So if we destroy you, then you won't destroy the universe. Because that's what the aliens are worried about. That we are going... We're getting close to destroying the universe. That actually does sort of make sense for the time frame in which this movie took place. Considering what else was going on in the world at that time. Yeah. Well, I mean, in one scene, the pilot... Because he goes... The alien goes, here, I'll, I'll show you something. And goes to turn on a switch on the control panel... And the pilot shoots the gun at the control panel. And the alien then says to him, well, this is another reason why we need to destroy you because you're too quick to anger. So apparently when you're so quick to anger, you can you, you, you can find this, you can discover the solenite bomb and blow the, the place to kingdom come. Mm-hmm. So apparently that's, that's apparently what's going to happen. You know what? There's not much more else to this movie other than the fact that as we go further and further into this movie, and we're getting actually close to the end of this movie. Thank which God. Is, well, you said you wanted to do this movie. Um, I also said it just can't get any worse than this. So if we start off with the worst thing ever, then our podcast can only go up from it's there. Got to, yeah, it will definitely go up from here. So apparently, as we go along, that um, a fight ensues in the, plan, in, the, sorry, in the spacecraft. It starts to catch on fire. And of course, they, the pilot, the officer, and the inspector run out. The UFO apparently lifts off, lifts, lifts up off the ground, flies away to explode, and of course, then the uh, the uh, inspector and the police officer are standing on the ground, going, "Well, I wonder if there are any more of them out there, and if they are, if they if there are, I wonder if they'll come back." And then the scene cuts, and now where we are told that everything that happened in this movie by sworn testimony actually happened by the narrator. We fade to black. That's the end of the movie. And because Kat is silent looking at me like, what the hell? This is exactly what you're going to say when you watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty what much. What the hell? It goes nowhere. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't do anything. It just promotes the fact that it's all over the place. This yeah. movie's got no no rhyme or reason to actually understand. I mean, look, as I said, as I said in the... In episode one, I applaud Edward for actually wanting to make this movie. That's that's fine. If you've got a passion about something, go ahead. Be passionate about it. And if it is to make a movie or if it is to, you know, climb the Great Wall of China, go for it. But this makes no sense to any viewer sitting there watching this movie going, well, okay, so you've risen the dead. So you can acknowledge that we're, we're here. Then you want to kill us because you're getting close to discovering the Solonite bomb. So what's the point of raising the dead? If you're going to raise the dead to blow the earth up, what was the point of raising the dead to begin with? Why wouldn't you just destroy the earth anyway? Or better yet, why don't you just land in somewhere where the army or whatever it is, the government can actually acknowledge your existence rather than sitting there going, well... Yeah, deal with the people who can actually do something about it. Yeah, because he said, the alien said, we mean you no harm. Oh, really? Yeah. And then he goes, but we have to destroy you because you're so quick to anger. <laughs> we're gonna, you might blow the the earth, the, the universe up. It's like, but yet they mean uh, no you, harm. You, you mean it's no harm? And oh my god, I mean really, this is why this is this is the this is why the worst it is the movie. worst film ever made. And it is, and it lives up to its reputation so well. 
Now, that being said, it is so bad, it's awesome. <laughs> There's actually something really charming about watching this film. That is the funny thing about it, is yeah. that you can actually watch this movie and enjoy it and sit there and go, it really is the worst movie, but why am I watching it? Because it's compelling. Because it's, it's awesome. Co- it's compelling to watch. I have watched this movie now three times. And I could easily put this into my movie collection as just one of the records of this being a bad movie because the acting is bad, the dialogue is bad, the story is bad, the continuity is all over the place, the the, the final idea of, of, you know, raising the dead, blowing the earth up, blowing, you know, it, it all works for some reason. Yeah. And it is compelling to sit there and watch this guy try and explain to you why... These these characters who we've never been introduced to other than the old man, the wife, and the inspector is so interesting to watch. Yeah. I don't understand why it's so inter- interesting to watch, but apparently it is. It's just, I don't know, there's just something fun about it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I would say if you, wanna, if you want to get rid of an hour and 20 minutes of your life, go ahead and watch it. It may become compelling to you. You may actually say, I can see why it is in such cult status. Yeah. I can't see it it really is a true cult classic it, it well it is now i just i i could i, I don't know whether I'm, i appreciate it more because i'm a little bit older i don't know because i probably would have got this when i was younger from the video store and go what the hell was that <laughs> plan nine from outer space but it, it they don't as i said they don't tell you what the other eight plans were thank god but plan nine that just makes no yeah. rhyme or reason of why okay. you did it so we need a rating system on our Oh, movies. my God. A rating system. Are we doing system. thumbs or are we doing circles or stars or uh, I don't know what we could give this one. Um, Puppies? Uh, sleep meter. We could do the sleep the meter. meter. Okay? okay. So we could make it as uh, very hard to fall asleep to extremely easy to fall asleep. If you I do like fall a scale, You did fall asleep. So let's go on. A, now, let's do a scale of one to five. One being um, terrib- terribly... Yeah, snooze fest to five being very enjoy- heart pounding and enjoyable, and you couldn't get enough, and it, it kept you on the edge of your seat. So I would say I would give this an easy two. Really, I was going to say point five. <laughs> I'm being generous. Yeah, I'm be- you are. You're I'm being, being really generous. I'm being very generous here. On honey, the- it's the worst movie ever made. How can you give it a two? Uh, I'm going to stick by my two. I'm just, simply because the acting is so bad, it's comical <laughs> to the point that you'd actually have to sit there and go, you know what? It's a two. Considering, that's why it's so bad. It's awesome. Considering I'm a big boy, Johnny. That's all you got. I'm, I'm, and of course, he, uh, Todd Johnson had an accent, so it's like, uh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm a big boy there, Johnny. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay, good. No worries. That's fine. But I will give it a two. Okay. And you're going to give it a 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. For, for what? Just the opening or for, for what are you going to give it a 0. 0.5 for? I fell asleep. Yeah, but you're going to give it anything? I mean, what would you consider a 0. 0.5? Not even on the one scale yet. It's horrible. So a 0. 0.5 yeah. would be what? Just the that they, it's they, just bad. The, just the fact that they actually made this into a print? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So we're going to get a, a 2 from me and a 0.5 from Cat because they just happen to put this on celluloid. That's That That works well. <sighs> okay. All right, so what so, are we doing next? So the next one um, is definitely going to go up from here. We are going to do the 1983 movie, the... Um, oh, my God, I've got a blank. Oh, uh, I've still got a blank. What oh my god! Now we're doing the... Um, oh, my God, Poltergeist from 1982. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was Poltergeist. Yeah, we're doing Poltergeist from 1982. So that's our. That'll be episode three. I cannot believe I've got custard brain today. I know you really. This is do. this is this is ridiculous. I don't, I'm not really this well, incoherent. I, well, actually, okay. So I'm bringing up the schedule of what we had 
had planned to do. Okay, so we're originally going to do... All right, uh, so... That's going to be the next one, the, the one after that. Well, actually, our next scheduled one is going to be Birdemic. Uh, Don't give it away. I'm not giving it away. I'm just saying... I'm just but looking at the list. But we might do an extra one of Poltergeist before that. Yes. So we're going to we're gonna possibly sneak in Poltergeist in between. But our next Plan scheduled nine. one is going to be Birdemic. And, and Birdemic. So, yeah, we're going to do those. We've got a lot of other movies coming up. Um, and we do have had to change... Um, I'm just sitting there looking at the ones we've, Look, we've got. Stop looking at my schedule. Stop looking at my schedule. Look at the schedule. Uh, we don't even see that. What's going on there? Oh, that's something else. Oh, okay. Cool. So we don't want to see that. Okay. So that is going to be it for episode two. The wonderful Plan Our 9. first full podcast. First, first official pod, pod, podcast. So, <laughs> so thank you for joining I'm us. I'm going to have to go and get a beverage, I think. <laughs> Yeah, Oliver's come in at the very at the correct moment to say, Dad, you need a beverage. You need something to cool your nerves down or something. But we cool. want to thank everybody for joining us. And if you made it all the way through, congratulations. You're awesome. If you understood anything that I'm talking about, send me an email and say you actually were English. Because I don't know, English language for me today is just not working. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Home Class Movie Chat. And email us at hello at homeclassmoviechat.com. We look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for the Home Class Movie Chat with Cat and Paul. Opening music by Blue Mount Score and closing music by Tim Moore. Both can be found courtesy of Pixabay. We hope you enjoyed yourself today and will join us next time. If you did enjoy today's episode, please leave a review on the platform where you listen to this podcast.